0: Hey everyone, what's up? I am Chad Grills. This is the Mission Daily, your number one source for accelerated learning. Perhaps the best podcast in the world for accelerated learning.
1: It is the best. Hey everyone, it's Stephanie. Excited to be here to talk about technology today or actually the secrets to make sure technology serves you and, and not, not the other
0: the way around. The other way around. Dun, dun, dun. <laughs> um, we had a great weekend. We were back from Napa well, last night or the night before.
1: We tried camping. Okay. So I tried to book a yurt for us and we have a three month old and I thought a yurt's great because it has a bed in there. We don't have to you know, bring a blow up mattress and it's like kind of indoors. And it was like the hottest. It was an awesome yurt, but it it just happened to be
0: on the hottest day of the year in California. It was only
1: 104. (laughs) What's the problem? I don't... don't.
0: There were wildfires raging around us. Ash was falling. Mosquitoes were biting. I got poison ivy, but we made it back to... Uh, Oh, Chad said,
1: We're leaving the yurt. I don't care that you booked it. And we are headed to downtown Napa to a really nice hotel. Where we
0: stayed at, yeah, an awesome spot.
1: That was good. It was a win.
0: It was, no, it was a win all around. Just the single conversation we had at the uh, camping table and just getting to catch up on books, that was amazing. Oh, I should
1: share the picture of the books that you read this weekend. Yeah. Everyone was, uh, always asks what you read. I, sh- I need to share that picture. I'll do that. Hold me to it, everyone.
0: We will. So yeah, some awesome books. But in today's episode, we are talking about secrets to make technology serve you. Not, you know, you make is an operative word here. So obviously you'll have to do part of the work. It doesn't work unless you do too type thing. But the goal is to cover some mindsets, ideas, and heuristics to get the most out of technology. So I guess a good place to start would would be, uh, what is a heuristic?
1: That's actually what I was just going to ask. I feel like it's a word that I hear a lot, but um, I had to look up the definition. Um, There's no shame of me looking at the definition. (laughs) And so do you want to read it? Because I dropped it into our document.
0: Yeah. So a heuristic is something that enables a person to discover or learn something for themselves. A, quote, hands-on or interactive heuristic approach to learning. Thanks to confusing dictionary definitions. We don't really get to see or experience what words are actually for, but a heuristic is an idea that, so a good example would be in relation to technology, something like, um, let me think of something, never pick up a portal to anywhere without specific intent. So that would be a short aphorism, a short maxim that can also be used as a guiding heuristic. So it is a short statement that enables the person that receives it and thinks that it might be uh, witticism, or it might be uh, there might be some wisdom in there worth using to filter out and make decisions in relations to technology, in relationship to technology, I should say. I so like yeah, heuristic is basically like a small, very simple mental model that's boiled down to its um, simplest components that can help spark good ideas and others. So how good of an idea is it to use a simple heuristic like? Um, never pick up a portal to anywhere without specific intent in relationship to technology and our smartphones. I would argue it's a very, very good idea because as we've talked about in previous episodes, there are many, many people who are trying to hijack your mind and brain for literally no purpose or else it's just like the same rigmarole of fear, uncertainty, doubt. There's a study that recently came out that shows Americans are sick and (laughs) fed up with uh, news and what masquerades as news in our modern society, which is like really unfortunate. And our smartphones and the internet and any smart technology that's connected is basically a portal to anywhere. It's a remote control for the real world, for those who want to get proactive and really use it. Um, but in many cases, it can become uh, a really a negative pull almost of distraction and just random, uh, random inputs that might not be what you need.
1: Do you think it's maybe because we weren't really taught how to use some of this stuff because technology, you know, changing so quickly and so much new stuff comes online every day. Like you can't really keep up with like how to use something. It's more just like drop in your lap sometimes. And you're like, oh, okay. Like this seems cool. Let me try the Fitbit. Let me try, you know, you, you just try things instead of actually having like, okay, here's how to think about it to make sure you even need it and how to use it.
0: Yeah. Well said. So it's a, it's a brand new technology and anything that's new like that uh changes us. So there's a famous saying, first we make our tools and then our tools make us. And that's definitely the case with humans. Like if you look at our, you know, the ultimate app that many of us uh, possess, which is the opposable thumb, that is a, a biological technology that developed over I don't know how many millions of years uh, in direct need for our use of tools and stone tools and flint and bronze and you know everything like that. Um, so yeah, our tools definitely make us and they're shaping us in certain ways and the more that we can be cognizant of this the more we can start to direct our own personal and collective evolution as a species and that's really exciting because that type of power in the historical sense you know all the generations that came before us they didn't realize or maybe they did the scope of how important their decisions were because their decisions were going to impact you know generation after generation of people who would either Know, use, or be used and enslaved by technology, and so now we have an opportunity—a rare, rare opportunity in the history of humanity—to use these tools to liberate the oppressed, better ourselves, serve everyone, uh, solve our energy and resource challenges, become multiplanetary. You get the idea. And it's uh, yeah, it's a really exciting time. Um, but it isn't going to be an exciting time unless we yeah, getting incredibly thoughtful about how we're using these tools.
1: I agree. But you know what's even more exciting? Giving fun backstories about you that I know <laughs> that you don't know are coming. So uh, when I heard we were doing this- You can't this- see my
0: face right now, but I'm cringing. We are, <laughs> and a quick side note, uh, we're adding video to the studio soon. We've tested it a couple of times. It's working great. And uh, producer Maximus is going to ensure that video is set up and rolling soon. So that's going to be exciting. All the fun that we have here. Yeah. So you can either, you know, live stream or watch the video or- Just listen to it as a podcast.
1: Yep. So don't try and get out of my fun backstory. (laughs) So, when I heard we were doing an episode about like making technology serve you, you know, the first thing I thought about was the story you told me about how you gave up TV when you were little. I like to tell everyone that you were four. For some reason, it's fourth grade. I know, I know. But (laughs) every story I tell about you, I'm always like, he was four. Like when I was talking to my sister the other day and I was like, oh, yeah, he hopped on a plane when he was little to go see his grandma, he was four years old. And you're like, (laughs) I was six. (laughs) <laughs> the story's still great. Okay. Details are important.
0: I appreciate your extreme sales uh, saleswomanship. Well, there, <laughs> you know what?
1: I don't let the details get in the way of a good story. So, fourth grade, whatever you gave up, TV. I forget why you gave it up. But... I was in
0: third grade when I agreed okay. to give it up. Give it up. So, but I was in fourth grade when I completed the challenge.
1: And why did you give it up again? Uh,
0: so I was having a conversation with my dad when we were doing the dishes, and he challenged me to. Uh, or he basically was just, we were just having some fun going back and forth. Uh, he was like, you know, can you can you even go without TV for a weekend? I was like, yeah, dad, of course I can. He's like, well, can you go without TV for a month? I was like, yeah, that's no problem. He's like, okay, so would you go without TV for a year? I was like, yeah, I, I would definitely do that. And I think his next question was like, well, why don't you do that? And I was like, well, why don't you pay me to? Like, <laughs> where's, like, where's the incentive here? And um, so we actually worked out the uh, a deal of, of sorts, a little, little bet, a little wager that my dad would give me the entire cable bill for the year if I could go without TV for that whole year. And so did I did. And it was a transformative experience because I had some uh, hunches at that point in time about my friends and other people like that. And they, a lot of them were correct. You know, this was a, a vital experience early on to figure out how much people hate those who do anything that's different the least bit different yep. so friends like so-called friends conspired against me oh you gotta like uh you looked at i saw you look at tv one time and just like you know completely or trying just idiotic of like you know oh the tv's on the tv's on in this room when i would be like over at my friend's house and be like you know, literally like i'm not trying to do anything i'm oftentimes at the friend's house not even by choice because it's after school i have to go there it's just it's super lame and their parents were against it um and even my fourth grade teacher, actually, um, I think during the tail end of third grade or whatever, my third grade uh, teacher was she was cool with that shout out to Miss Keppel. Thank you so much for yeah, for your support. If you played any in this, I suspect that you did. But my fourth grade teacher, on the other hand, Mrs. Rohr, was just a uh, just really mean about it. She was well, she was she mean. Listen to this podcast. She was. No, if she's listening to it, I hope she needs to subject <laughs> as many kids as she did uh, in my grade to her horrible teaching. Um, but she was actually so suspect and so worried about this that she talked to the principal and she was like, you know, you need to be aware that th- this kid's parents are not letting him watch TV and like he's oh, not going to understand the news and everything like that. It's like, yeah, so maybe I'll see, uh, thankfully, see a few less murders than my classmate and I'm not going to be traumatized for the rest of my life. So. The uh, education industrial complex can just continue to take advantage of me because I'm so traumatized by the world that I want to stay inside the education industrial complex for my entire life and never actually enter this uh, real world a la, like the Truman Show. But anyways, I digress. So I completed the challenge. I did not watch TV um, outside of a couple like so-called friends and bullies like forcing me to, lo- to look at the TV. I kept going and got the money, uh, got a Super Nintendo uh, went back, you know, started, got into gaming a little bit, which is uh, a little tangent. But anyways, the point was that just expanded my horizons in terms of what was possible. And it's not always, um, of course, this is just an anecdote. It's just a story. But always remember that you have much more power than those around you in terms of picking and choosing the technologies that you use. All of these things are brand new right now. Many of them are, they have not been tested. So there are plenty of Stories right now. There was a rec- you know a recent story where a Facebook exec who was in charge of platform growth um, in the early days actually came out and said uh, social media is destroying the fabric of our democracy of our society and he doesn't let his kids use this. And not many people know that Steve Jobs didn't let his kids use iPhones or iPads. And uh, you know Bill Gates is famous for printing things out on physical paper. He's famous for reading physical books. And there is a reason. There are some serious trade-offs that do not get discussed. They're not in the interests of many of the large established uh, powers that we, they don't have an interest in people uh, choosing what technologies to use and what technologies not to include. It's not that there's a nefarious plot, but it is the fact that you know business is so hard that it's much easier if you have an addictive product like coffee, yeah. sugar, things like that.
1: Well, how do you know there's not a plot behind it? Because I Actually, before this episode, I was reading a lot about Uh, basically how almost all social media platforms are creating it in a way where it's kind of like a slot machine where it gives you a result that you don't expect because that's actually how it triggers your dopamine. Oh,
0: you're definitely right. I think the operative word here again, like we were saying earlier, is just plot. So um, yeah, I mean, there's definitely a group of people that are conspiring to get you to do something new. Um, I don't think that that necessarily a, a bad thing. I think it's tricky whenever we're talking about these things. You know, the second you say conspiracy, people get uncomfortable, they stop listening, or some people get intrigued for all of the wrong reasons. And in reality, you just have people that are just trying to figure out how to get by. They're trying to figure out how to start a company or how to satisfy in- investor demands. Um, it, it's basically the second you start to think it's a nefarious plot, I think that's where it gets uh, just way, way out of bounds. And it's actually, you know, if you meet any of these people firsthand, you'll see that yes, they might be awkward, they might be robotic they might be you know very very off-putting when they're giving testimony to congress and you know quickly stopping smiling like as soon as they start and just very very awkward social mannerisms although they have those they're not bad people and it's very easy for us to look at anyone that we don't know on tv and assume that uh, you know, attribute all kinds of false motives to that. Yeah, and so I, I just don't, I wasn't yeah.
1: thinking anything negative about those people or yeah. anything like the Instagrams and the Facebooks. I more think it's like interesting to make sure they're definitely that you're designed, aware of it. That's definitely, what I'm saying. It's definitely. Like, they're designed they to be about, addictive. Yeah. Even when they were talking about like a running app, the whole goal behind this running app was saying if we give them claps and like incentives and they expect it every time, usage goes down by 40%. Yeah. Whereas if you give it to them randomly throughout the app and they don't really expect it, and that's when, you know, we see engagement going higher and same with um, yeah, Instagram or Snapchat. It's like when there's things there that you didn't expect, that's when engagement goes higher. So I don't think it's like bad against the companies or the founders or anything. It's, I think more just like being aware of, Definitely. you know, what you're looking at and maybe why it's pulling you in yeah. and just, you know, trying to see like, do I want to be pulled in because of that?
0: And specifically, like what results is it giving you? And that's what we're, we have a very conscious intent when we're designing podcasts or designing shows here that the goal is it is, it absolutely has to uplift with every single episode. There has to be one thing, one takeaway that is going to materially impact the life, the mood, the perspective of the recipient. And, you know, that's, we're designing with that intent. And I think a lot of folks that have social networks or things like that, that are designing a system. Or a casino, or whatever you want to call it, where they have inventory-based advertising in it, where all of the user data and all of your actions are collected. Um, those incentives get to be pretty murky very, very fast. So it's it's hard to really have good long-term consequences from that. Although there are a lot of companies now that are using social networks for good. So, like you alluded to, some of the examples from Nike, where they are gamifying some of their running apps and things like that. So you know, it's up to the the user to determine, okay, am I becoming better because of this? Is this engagement that's pulling me into the digital world resulting in me going out into the physical world in a better form? Or am I getting dopamine through, uh, you know, running for 20 minutes or doing cardio for 30 minutes, which we talked about earlier, which is vital to dosing BDNF1, which is like the most powerful, you know, neurochemical cocktail to help. It's like miracle grow for your brain.
1: Is that- brain derived
0: neurotrophic factor. Yeah. Okay. I was almost there. (laughs) Yeah. And, um, the the point being, it's just like at the end of the day, are you feeling empowered afterwards? Are you feeling neurotic? Are you feeling uh, depressed about humanity's situation? Do you find yourself having more willpower or are you just drained? Um, and that's a question that each individual, we really, really have to get conscious of and then opt out completely if the tech is not serving us. And there's a great a writer who was very early uh, to the internet. So he had one of the first blogs ever. Uh, and this writer was named Kevin Drum. And I consider him a bit of a philosopher. Uh, he's written for Mother Jones. And uh, just he started a very, very quirky blog in the early days of the internet. And his blog was a great example of how a very smart and very curious person interacted with the internet for the first time. And it is very, very different for how many other people interact with the internet for the first time. So Kevin is using it to create and just synthesize all kinds of different information and share what he finds. Uh, He's generally like delighted and it's, you know, he's sharing his adventures, his struggles. He's being very, very transparent with everything. And he, along the way, he came to this realization. He has a famous quote, probably his most famous quote is that quote, the internet makes dumb people dumber and smart people smarter. Now this comes across as again, callous, insensitive, but it is a direct result of a very smart person's observe, and I, I mean smart from uh, an IQ standpoint, a sensitivity standpoint, creativity quotient. Kevin definitely has all of these things in spades, and he's this is you know his observation after being there for from the very very early days of uh, you know bulletin board, uh, you know comment commentary and everything like that to witnessing what has happened now. And this is uh, I think we're seeing this more and more, and it's it's a scary reality. But there, as you mentioned earlier, there isn't really a training manual. And that's a major problem.
1: Yeah, we just have to like understand it, see it for ourselves and then figure it out of like the best way to use it. So I think maybe developing some skills around how we use our technology, maybe once we figure out like, okay, we definitely want to use X, Y and Z. Like we know our smartphone, we want to use it. We know we want to use our Fitbit. We know we want to use like Twitter After that, I think we have to have a couple skills to actually get the information that we want so it continues to serve us best.
0: Yeah, and I think that that is like a great place to start is developing a a literal strategy for how will you use this platform to generate new opportunities? How will this platform serve you? And that's, again... Many social media gur- gurus and folks like that will say, you know, it's ah, it's all about putting out content or this or that. And no, there are many ways to use Twitter. You can create an anonymous account to just uh, follow many interesting people and then uh, go through the feeds and find links from journalists and news sources and things like that. You don't necessarily have to participate and uh, produce things. That's you know, it's fun to have you know quotes like you know, create, don't consume, things like that. But that's not always the case. It's about getting the information you need. So you have specific challenges right now that can be solved by the right information at the right time and setting yourself up on all of these platforms so you can get the right information at the right time is vital. So whether that's uh, taking a proactive approach to Twitter and deciding I don't need to use my real identity, you know, you are free to do that. These platforms are coming at many people very aggressively. Uh, you know, we've seen recent news stories with Facebook Facebook. Having just crazy retargeting campaigns for people, making it hard for people to quit. Um, targeting people who have quit and left the service in terms of uh, you know showing them more and more ads that follow them around on the web. So the point is here is like write like physically write out a strategy. Do not use Google to look at what other people have done for a strategy. Your situation is completely unique, and it's it's literally so important right now that you sit down and think about it and write out here's what I want to get out of the internet and make these, these claims, these ideas as idealistic as possible, create a crystal clear narrative on what you hope to get from technology, how you want to empower it, how you want to serve others with it. Um, make it as idealistic and as silly as possible. Cringe when you're reading it out loud, whatever the case is. Uh, but then, then you can start to reverse engineer how you will use these services and not be used by them.
1: Yep. It'd be cool if we could, uh, develop our own little strategy templates to share with people of like here's how we think about some of the stuff we're using just to so give ideas that'd be pretty yeah cool. that
0: would be really really cool so yeah one of the things we're going to do with some of the uh upcoming podcasts that are more uh like industry report and research and development focused is to have um basically that we want to have a one printout or one type of like pro or g sheet or you know mental model or something like that that people can print out yes put on their fridge um but generally use and and share and get something out of it. And
1: remember this episode. Yeah. Well, so think about the technology you're using, develop a strategy around it and make sure that you are using it and it's not using you. And hopefully uh, our tips and talk has helped you guys with this.
0: See y'all tomorrow.
1: See ya.